from 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This is the Chancellor's Report, featuring Mark Monet, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Here's your host, WUWM General Manager, John Hess. Welcome to UWM's Chancellor's Report. I'm your host, WUWM's General Manager, John Hess. On today's Chancellor's Report, we'll talk with Tom Lujak. UWM's Vice Chancellor of University Relations, who is retiring on June 2nd. Lujak joined UWM in 2000 when he was hired as the university's first director of marketing services. In 2001, he became vice chancellor, serving as chief administrator for the Division of University Relations and Communications with responsibilities as the chief legislative relations, marketing and communications officer. He leads the university's integrated marketing and communications services department. Tom also hosted UWM Today on WUWM for the past two decades. And in more than 800 programs, he's interviewed approximately 1,000 faculty, staff, alumni, and students about their research, teaching, and community service. Mark and Tom, it's great to have you on the show today. Absolutely great to be here. Thanks, John. And great to be with you, John. So, Tom, let's let's start a little bit about, you know, in your in your career with uh, UWM, how has university marketing and public relations changed over your tenure? And in an organization with so many schools, colleges and departments, how have you been able to grow and strengthen the UWM brand? You know, John, I was hired 21 years ago at the university because the the university had a great story. There were fabulous researchers and and just great, great instructors on campus, Uh, but the university never spent much time thinking about how it told its story to the public. And I'll never forget sitting in in a job interview two decades ago uh, when the folks who were interviewing me at the university laid out a whole collection of different brochures and and booklets that were promoting the university and said, what do you think? What do you think about selling UWM to the community? And I sat back and I realized that it was... um, a lot of good information, but it was branded with different logos and different colors. And it, it, we just weren't doing a very good job back then of presenting a united or unified image of what this great research university was all about. So my job, my first job was to come in and to establish a good, clean brand so that when people thought of UWM, they imagined and uh, they were uh, thinking or considering this institution that really has a tremendous impact across uh, people here, both here in Wisconsin and, and frankly, around the world. So my job at first was sort of to be the traffic cop, to make sure schools and colleges all aligned underneath uh, a general brand that uh, everybody accepted and believed in. Tom, you know, this is an interview I've looked forward to for a long time. The main reason is you and I have worked together for your entire 21 years. I've been in different roles. You have certainly grown and and taken the university to amazing places in terms of our marketing, branding, image, the whole whole, uh, package. And you know, you've interviewed so many people. You've had so many conversations. I think it's your turn. I think this is a really neat opportunity for us to hear from you uh, who have masterminded, been the architect, uh, and really the genius behind a lot of the campaigns and programs that we've had. So I wanna thank you for the incredible things that you've done and how many strides we've made with your wonderful leadership and our, our great friendship. So, so this is a neat time. Now, I'm gonna ask you a few questions beyond what our wonderful general manager, John, has asked, and, and we'll uh, have some fun with this. But let me start with this 
uh, topic that you've talked about a few times already in your first answer about you know we're uh, this incredible research university. We've achieved uh, the Carnegie Research One. We've also had the Carnegie Engaged University designation over your time. So we lead in community engagement and research, but we also lead in terms of academic excellence, entrepreneurship, diversity, number of different student success outcomes. How have you really thought about the crafting and packaging of these strengths of UWM in terms of to our Panther community, but also beyond that? You know, the great question, Mark, for me, it's always been this wonderful puzzle. How do we go ahead and help people to appreciate that we really have two tremendous missions at the university? One is as being an access institution. I mean, we are the university that was created here in Milwaukee to make it possible for the children of the working men and working women of a blue-collar community uh, to go to college, right? And and so we we started with that very basic need to, to serve the public. Along the way, we became known as a great research university. Uh, and the fact that we are in the top 3% of research universities in the country is really quite remarkable. I think a lot of people, even today, don't appreciate what a game changer that is for the state of Wisconsin to have two big research universities with UW-Milwaukee and UW-Madison. For me, it's been threading that needle trying to make sure that people both appreciate our roots, what's our what's based basically in our DNA, the fact that we are going to be a diverse campus. We are going to serve uh, all of the people and make sure that the campus represents all the faces of this wonderful, diverse community at the same time that we're celebrating knowledge being discovered, knowledge being created. And, uh, and that's what's been so much fun about uh, both marketing and promoting the university, and also doing this program where I've been able to talk to people who are ultimately the the absolute rock center core of UWM, and that's our faculty, the people who, without whom we wouldn't exist. So it's been a, a great way for me to be able to each week tell a sliver of this really interesting, complex uh, story that, um, you know, often isn't told enough. And, and Tom, you mentioned UWM or uh, UWM today, and where you where you really you've interviewed thousands of people, um, you know, as this little sliver that we sort of give to the community of what the university is like. Um, talk to me a little bit about those interviews and and how they've impacted you personally and professionally. And are there any that stand out in your memory as ones that you think, hey, this is this is something that I won't forget for the rest of my life. You know, picking my favorite interview or my my favorite uh, topic would be like picking your favorite kid, right? We just don't do that. Everyone is unique and has been unique uh, throughout the years. I think the the what I've appreciated most in talking to people on this program over the last two decades is that I have an opportunity to ask a question that the average person is probably wondering when they meet someone who's working in geosciences or is uh, is a, a neuroscientist on our campus. What does that mean? Uh, I, I've loved being able to take and channel my curiosity uh, into questions that allow the average person who's listening to this program, either over the air or tuning in as a podcast later, because all of these programs are, are, are online, I'd love to be able to be the person who uh, helps make these sometimes incredibly complex 
research problems that, that we're going about the business of solving uh, each day, make it understandable, make, make, it, uh, make it make sense to the, to the people uh, who ultimately we want to serve, right? The, the people here uh, in Milwaukee who ultimately help us pay the bills every day. In, in terms of stories, what, what has stood out for me? You know, I think the, the, the people who have answered the question that I try to pose in most every, every uh, interview, the, the people who are really honest when I ask them, what is it that motivated you as a scientist or a researcher to devote your life, your life, to, to studying this one field, this one area of a discipline uh, that, you know, can go off in a thousand different directions. And I think some of the most revealing answers that um, I've appreciated hearing are folks who tell me about how it started when they were a kid, you know, a, a family member who may have steered them in the right direction. Or in some cases, I've talked to faculty members over the years who have said, my dad wanted me to be a doctor just like he was. And I said, no way, I'm going to do something different. <laughs> and, and they ended up doing not only something different, but something quite remarkable because they allowed their own creativity, their, their, their own identity to come through the pursuit of knowledge. That's been really, really a lot of fun for me. And, and plus, we have people on our campus who frankly are not only really smart and, and really interesting, but very entertaining. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget um, having um, Jim Cook on. Uh, Jim Cook, uh, Dr. James Cook, uh, one of our uh, esteemed uh, chemists who um, has done just unbelievable groundbreaking work as we uh, went about setting up our uh, Institute for Drug Discovery. I, I asked Jim, so you're, you've been working on developing new compounds that can help us deal with with uh, problems that people live with today, mental health problems, uh, asthma, you know, uh, things that can be fixed with the with right medicine. How did you get started? And Jim looked at me and he said, I'd like to blow things up. And, and he told me the story of getting a chemistry set and building rockets and saying, I'm lucky that I'm here because my parents allowed me to go ahead and, and uh, just be this, this kid who kept experimenting with things I probably shouldn't have been touching at that age. I mean, that, that's an insight into human nature. And, and, and I just have loved the fact that we've been able to get the humanity of, of our researchers, of our scientists, of our students uh, out uh, onto the airway, because I think it it's a good lesson for all of us that that we are capable of things that we probably never imagined, if not for someone nudging us uh, or encouraging us uh, or asking us to uh, to go in, in one direction we might never have pursued. That's neat. It's really personal. It's deeply personal. And uh, your own reflections on it are, are quite interesting too, Tom. That's neat. Let me take us a little different direction, bring it more current. We've just gone through, and we're still in, um, the pandemic. We're coming through. We see amazing signs with the vaccination levels being where they are, the infection rates down so much, um, many businesses coming back, employees going back to work, the planning that we have for the fall semester um, with, with so many people planning to be back and our students back in face-to-face -face modes in so many ways. Um, what have been some of the key lessons that you think are instructive and helpful uh, as we've gone through the pandemic and you've led the charge in terms of all the communication, uh, any any major takeaways and, and things that you think are important for us as we continue down this road? Mark, before I joined the university, 
21 years ago, when people knew that I was going to be coming to UWM, uh, there were some colleagues, uh, I was a journalist beforehand, there were some people who tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, you know, Tom, universities are different kind of places. Uh, you know, they're big, they can be bureaucratic. Um, you know, there's a, there's a culture that is different from what you might be accustomed to in, in the broadcast business or in the corporate world. Um, and, um, and I took that in, with, with in stride. I thought, okay, well, it is different. And there's no question, every institution has a different culture. Uh, but I think the pandemic proved, if, if there was ever any doubt, uh, that universities are pretty nimble, actually. You know, we talk about how complex they can be because of the organizational structure. But at the heart, we're talking about people who are altruistic, who have this deep passion to serve our students. And I think COVID was a, gave us a remarkable demonstration of how after we were, you know, thrown a curveball of thousands of employees uh, and certainly our tens of thousands of students all said, you know what, we're all in this together. We are going to make this work. Uh, and I think we should be, as a university, incredibly proud of the way in which we were flexible, in which we said, how do we meet the needs of our students? Uh, and, um, and, and I think back, if, 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 um, if I had known what was ahead of me, I would have had a much better response to those people who warned me about the morass of, of a bureaucracy, because I just haven't seen it. You know, I, I think I think we have such a great, great team approach of people who want to do the right thing and most importantly, serve our students and serve the public. I'm really glad you didn't say if I'd known what was coming, I would have decided to retire earlier. Um, <laughs> we're so glad you've been along for the ride. It's just been amazing. And I know that under incredible stress that we've we've faced, you have uh, been there. You've risen to the occasion with so many other people and really led a lot of the important communication, both internally and externally. And that's so important, I think, during the pandemic because of the uncertainty. Uh, and you've just continued to be relentless in that, that particular area. Um, John, back to you. You know, I think, uh, Tom, also, you know, you also um, are a teacher and uh, you work in the Department of Journalism and Advertising and Media Studies. Talk a little bit about your experience as a broadcast journalism and journalist and how you've been able to bring that to the students in the department. And um, do you have any words of wisdom that you might share with uh, students who are going into this into this wild and wacky field of uh, journalism? Well, you know, I don't know if they're words of wisdom, but uh, certainly some words of experience. Uh, I actually am a frustrated teacher from way back. Uh, frustrated in the sense that I got a degree in secondary education. When I was growing up, I always thought that I would teach in a high school. Uh, and I, but, but along the way, I also loved journalism, and I was sort of a student of journalism, and I double majored in, in both. Uh, and um, when I graduated, there weren't any teaching jobs. So I thought, well, let's see, I want to wear both, both, both of these shoes. I think I'll try on this, uh, this journalism shoe for a while, and then maybe down the road, I'll go ahead and get a chance to, to do the teaching I wanted to do. Well, the journalism career was, uh, was fabulous for me because it allowed me to see things I never could have imagined as a kid growing up in Cudahy on the South Side, a great, great place to, to, to come from, a blue-collar kid, right? Uh, I ended up, uh, after uh, 
getting my degree, working uh, in broadcast journalism in Oshkosh, in Green Bay as a TV reporter uh, in Milwaukee. I was on the radio here. I ended up running the news department for WTMJ for a number of years. Um, and it was a fantastic foundation uh, for understanding how the world worked. And, and so throughout the time I was at TMJ, I would teach a class. I was teaching at Marquette for a while. Then I came over to UWM long before I uh, became a, an administrator here. I was teaching news reporting classes and public affairs classes. And, uh, and I just feel like I've been fueled by the enthusiasm of, of people who are anxious to demonstrate that they too could tell stories. In, in terms of what I've, what I've tried to stress to them over the years, um, yeah, I guess one basic rule, and, and John, you can appreciate this, uh, running WUWM as, as you are, the, the golden rule as a communicator, whether you're a journalist or a marketer, is tell the truth. If you, if you ever cross that line where you're making it up or you're, or you're fudging on the facts, you lose the one thing that makes you relevant, and that's your credibility. Uh, and so I've really tried in every class that I've taught to say that your 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 best day uh, is the day when you are telling it like you see it and and not pulling the punches. Um, and your worst day is when you start to make it up when when you don't don't toe the line and and tell the story and uh, share facts the way that they should be. Uh, I, I saw a, a colleague a couple of years ago who told me that his wife was in one of my classes, and he said, you know, she tells me that she uses something that you said every day in her job. She's a, she's a communicator here in, in town. And I said, what is that? I, I forgot what I said that would, would, would have been so profound. And, she sa and he said, my wife reminds me that you used to tell the students just because you can say something on the air or, or in a tweet doesn't mean that you should say everything that comes to your mind on the air in a tweet. And, and certainly we all know in today's online world, your words stay with you. And so, um, so I, I'd like to remind folks that there's a, a, a stickiness to um, your, your statements uh, that you can't imagine uh, being around down the road, but they certainly are. They stick with you. So make sure you do the right thing, but always tell the truth. Tom, in your introduction earlier, uh, John mentioned that you uh, also serve as our chief lobbyist. And I'm curious about, uh, you spend time in Madison, you spend time in Washington, D.C. You work with a lot of elected officials locally and nationally. What do you think the value and importance of that is? And what are some of the type of topics that you bring forward in your lobbying uh, work? And, and why are those so important for UWM as a public research engaged university? You know, people both in Madison and the State House, where I've spent a lot of time, as you point out, and also uh, in the halls of, of the Capitol, um, they um, are approached every day, every day by a hundred, or it may seem like a thousand people who all have their hand out saying, I need something. I need something. You Can you help me? You know, here, here's what you ought to invest in. And what I realized over the years is that um, it's easy to ask for something. Uh, it's much harder to make the case for what you have to offer. And so I've always believed that when you're lobbying for an organization like UWM, the first thing you have to do is ex ex explain why we make a difference. 
tell the story about UWM and what we're doing for the public, what we're doing to help advance a political agenda that ultimately means the people of this country are served better. When you do that first, then it becomes much easier to say, and I'd like to ask for your support. At the end of the day, of course, in in both Madison and in D.C., uh, the, the bottom line is funding, 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 right? I mean, you know, they control the purse strings, both for the state and the, and the federal budget. And so um, I think my job uh, and something I've really enjoyed is telling those stories about relevance and impact and change that a research university can have. And, and most importantly, telling the stories about our students, because as much as we've been talking about faculty and, and the great things they and staff do on campus, we wouldn't exist without our students. And so I frequently would bring students with me to the Capitol, either in D.C. or in Madison, uh, to be, you know, frankly, the testimony uh, to how an investment in UWM really pays off. Um, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a, lo- a lot of fun because I think our students, in, in many respects, have been our best salespeople. <laughs> they, they, they show what a, an investment in higher ed can mean. Terrific. You know, just to follow up on that a little bit, Tom, how have students changed in terms of when you bring them to uh, talk to uh, legislators in either Madison or, or Washington? Have have they become more savvy about this, too? Do they understand the legislative process and how it affects uh, funding for the university when you when you bring them into that discussion? You know, I'd like to say that people have become more interested in government and the inner workings. Uh, I'm not sure that's always the case. Uh, You know, I think that, uh, unfortunately, um, politicians have gotten a bad rap in in the sense that it's so easy to complain uh, about how government isn't here serving us well. And I think think some adults have said that frequently enough that that their kids, that students, may begin to believe that. Uh, And so one of the things I've tried to do in taking students uh, to D.C. or to Madison uh, is to really give them a primer on how government works. Talk to them about uh, how a law comes into being or how a policy is set and how effective uh, a voice of a student or a scientist or an average person can be when they are telling their truth, when they're telling their story. Um, and so I think, I think we've got some work to do. I'm, frankly, one of the things that frightens me is when we see in society um, people suggesting we don't need to teach civics, we don't need to teach government um, in, uh, in K through 12 system. That's a tragedy. We are setting ourselves up uh, as a society for enormous problems uh, if we don't appreciate the fact that this is the hand we've been dealt. And we need to make sure that we and our children uh, understand the value and the potential that government has to do good. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. Mark, Mark knows this. John, you, you and I haven't had a chance to work long enough, but, but uh, you know, my, my staff will tell you that, Tom, you know, ease up already. It's not always a good day, but, but, but every day is good for, that we're here. And so I, I, in, on, on my journeys in, into the, into the uh, political circles, I try to make sure that that optimism is always there and never, never walk in jaded because then you become part of the problem. Tom, I think you've been able to work both sides of the aisle so effectively because of that. Um, you're you're relentless in your 
optimism and your faith for better days ahead. And you have really been able to help us have that sharp, crisp, clear story. Uh, you've been able to continually maintain the ethical truth of, of who we are and what we're doing. Uh, let the chips fall where they may. I know we're running short on time, so I want to look ahead. Uh, you've got uh, an amazing family. Uh, you're going to be able to do a few different things. What to you is on your bucket list? What are some of the things you're so excited about? And um, I'll throw in another one. What will you miss about UWM? I could list a lot of things we'll miss about you, but look ahead and tell us tell us as you're uh, reflecting on this, how, you, how you're looking at the future. Sure. Well, I am looking forward to the next chapter. This has been a, a, I've had a wonderful run. It's been more than a run. It's been a privilege. I mean, I tell people every day what a privilege it has been to work with the, the, the people at the university. I mean, they're, they're, they're great people. They're smart people. They care. And so every day has been an education for me because I've learned something along the way. I plan on continuing to learn down the road. My, my wife, Wendy, um, we're, she's my bride of 43 years. I, I can't wait to get up in the morning. And Mark, I love talking to you at 8.30 in the morning, many, many times during the week, but <laughs> talking to her over coffee at 8.30 might just be a step ahead of of uh, some of the business meetings. Please, no no offense. <laughs> uh, we, we plan on doing a lot of traveling. We love the outdoors. We do a lot. We're blessed with good health. And so we want to take advantage of it. W- Wendy did tell me when we were talking about, eh, when's the time for you, know, for you to hang up the, the, the spurs? She said, Tom, I just want to make sure that you don't stay so long. I know you love it, but don't stay so long because I don't want the broken Tom. I want the Tom that still is working today. <laughs> and so we're going to pray that, uh, that things keep working and uh, plan on doing a lot of traveling. I've got uh, two great kids and uh, and several grandchildren and and more on the way um, in the future. So we plan on being uh, around with the with the family. And then finally, uh, in terms of professional work, I was elected uh, recently to the presidency of the board of the Wisconsin Academy of Science, Arts, and Letters. It's a 150-year-old organization. It's the group that really created the Wisconsin idea, the whole notion that learning and knowledge should extend to every corner of the state. So it's a great group that promotes learning, and I'm going to be really active on that front. In terms of what I'm going to miss at UWM, the people. They're great. You know, Mark, John, you know, you are two people who, who typify the, the quality that you see throughout the university. And, uh, and everybody that I've, that I've dealt with over the years have been uh, just neat, neat people. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay in touch with a, with a lot of folks because they become friends over the years. And, you know, in terms of challenges for the university, I mentioned funding, funding, funding at the state and, and federal level. Sadly, I think we have to keep fighting that fight. And now I will do that as a private citizen because I realize that the future, not just of UWM, not just of Milwaukee, but the future of society is at stake because we need smart people. That's, that's going to be something that I want to commit myself to. Well, congratulations, Tom, my friend, on 21 great years here, 43 years on the home front, and we wish you the best. And uh, we'll be seeing you, uh, of course, very soon. John, back to you. I would, uh, Mark, I just echo that as well. Tom, congratulations on your retirement. Congratulations on your years of service with uh, UWM. And hopefully you will uh, grace our studios again in retirement. We'd like to see you. Um, Our guest today on the UWM Chancellor's Report has been Tom Lujak, UWM's Vice Chancellor of University Relations, who is retiring on June 2nd. Tom, as I mentioned, good luck in retirement. We will miss you. 
but hopefully your voice will be with us for many years to come through uh, UWM today. As always, I'm WUWM's General Manager, John Hess. I want to thank you all for listening. You've been listening to The Chancellor's Report, featuring Mark Monet, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. If you'd like more information, go to uwm.edu slash chancellor.